0: I, um, this is Joe B. Taylor and I live in Baltimore in the Dorchester neighborhood, kind of part of Forest Park and uh, Liberty Heights area. And I'm a professor at UMBC as well. And I love exploring the city. And I remember this has been some years ago. I remember, uh, in reading about Frederick Douglass and, uh, kind of expanding beyond his early narrative life in Baltimore to just try to trace some of his footsteps. And it led me to the battle monument, the oldest monument downtown. And I remember standing there where Calvert street uh, splits and the, the courthouse and the uh, federal uh, uh, courthouse are on opposite sides of the street there. And realizing that this is where, um, Frederick Douglass gave a speech in, I think, 1870. It was after the 15th Amendment had passed that gave uh, black men the right to vote. And uh, I found the old archival, uh, I think from the Baltimore Evening Visitor or something, the news from that day that said there were as many as 30,000 people that gathered around that monument, and uh, Among the other speakers, Frederick Douglass was, I think, the powerhouse that day, and he uh, stepped up onto the little makeshift stage to speak to, with no microphones, right, 30,000 a sea of people, and um, the stage kind of creaked and uh, and uh, fell over, <laughs> and he dusted himself off, and I think he went across the street to the Guilford, I think it was the Guilford House at that time, which I think had... Confederate roots and its ownership and uh, emerged from the second floor balcony and, um, gave a great speech about the progress that had been made, um, in those very few years that the 13th, 14th, and now 15th amendment had been passed. Um, and I stand there today and I think of all the, just the grid of the city and that old monument that was, um, placed after the, uh, battle of Baltimore, the war of 1812. But I think even more, what I remember standing there is picturing Frederick Douglass, one of the great human beings in, in human history, not just the great Baltimoreans or African Americans in our own history, just a truly great, um, uh, individual, um, uh, must have been the, the voice that it would take to speak out across a sea of 30,000 people with no microphone and then the irony of uh going in a, conf- uh, a a hotel that uh had a owner who was a confederate sympathizer i believe even maybe one of lincoln's assassination plots had been hatched in the the bar of that hotel perhaps and uh, for Douglas to emerge on that balcony and virtually shout uh, this speech about um, the empowerment of uh, African-American people in those years. When I visit it today with students and others and try to paint that picture, I have also since realized that that was a complicated moment because, of course, women didn't get the right to vote. At that time, so it represented a, a, a tension um, between uh, Douglas and the women's suffrage movement, which he uh, continued to be involved in to the end of his life. So I think about that uh, that on that spot. I also think about the Catonsville Nine trial that happened across the street and the peace movement um, demonstrations that happened there, and then up to our present day, um, uh, the Freddie Gray demonstrations that took place up and down that corridor in front of the courthouses. So, I think of uh, stand in front of Battle Monument and think not about eighteen twelve so much, um, but I think about Baltimore's great history and tradition of really leading civil rights um, demonstrations and powerful oratory about the need for uh including all people in our democratic process. Thank you. This is Joby Taylor.